Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Everybody and welcome to episode number one of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, and I am super, super excited that you can be listening and enjoying this very, very new journey that we're going to be going on with talking about Boston sports and anything and everything to do about it. There's so much going on between the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox, and the Patriots. There's so much to get into. And as I alluded to in my introductory episode zero, is I have a topic box of sports to- sports topics that I want to get to and talk about. And I am ready to pull a few out to discuss. But before I do, I do want to mention that I appreciate you, if you're listening, obviously, that you're joining me for this, this crazy ride that we're going to be going on. And what better time to start... At the beginning of 2021, with the football playoffs going around, the Celtics season just started, the Bruins are about to start in a couple of days, or depending when you're listening, already has started. The Red Sox are in the midst of a quiet, quiet offseason, which is something we will address actually later on in this episode, is their 2021 season. Hopefully, hopefully, they'll be a lot better than their 2020 uh, shortened season. So I'm going to pick out of my little container here. Actually, it's like a little bin that I got from Walmart and I painted it. Um, I had really no use for it. I I had cigars in there and I ended up getting an actual humidor for my cigars. So now I have this extra box that I was like, hey, let me throw some topics in there to store them all instead of just, you know, having them saved and, you know, in a closet or a you know drawer so first topic here is Justin Fields Mac Jones Kyle Trask or Zach Wilson as number two quarterback in the NFL draft and by the way key note I wrote of 30 or so topics beforehand um, and during my whole planning implementation process of this podcast and I just threw them in that container that little bin that I was talking about and this is one of them right here this is the first topic that we're going to be talking about and I say Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask or Zach Williams as number two because I think anybody in their right mind can agree that Trevor Lawrence will be going number one um, if I'm incorrect and you think he should not be going number one I would love to hear about it uh, love to hear your reasoning why Trevor Lawrence should not go to the Jags at number one. I think he has everything that it takes to be 
an NFL quarterback. He's getting a lot of comps that Joe Burrow got last year at LSU. He's getting a lot of comps of Andrew Luck when he was coming out for the draft. And before that, the next big short thing quarterback, Peyton Manning, I would have to say. And if we look back, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, both very successful. Joe Burrow had a very, very successful rookie campaign. Unfortunately, he did tear his ACL halfway through. But looking at what he was able to do in the games that he did play, we can tell that he has that it factor. So that's why I raised the question. Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Zach Wilson at number two. And some people... If you're listening now, you might be thinking, well, what about Trey Lance from ND State? I just, I'm not high on him, and I could be in the minority on that one. He's had some nice games. I, I, I will admit, he's had some nice games, especially last year. I know he didn't play this year, but I just, I don't know. Was last year a fluke, maybe? I mean, 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions. That's good stuff. But don't forget, it's it's college football, and he plays for ND State. And does he have that it factor? Potentially. I mean, he could be the next guy for whoever drafts him. But I just feel like there's not enough of a sample size there to kind of go off of to warrant to be in that kind of Tier 2 class of quarterbacks. And I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence is Tier 1, and I'm going to say... Fields, Jones, Trask, and Wilson are all tier two. I think Trey Lance kind of starts that tier three category of like the late first round, early second round quarterbacks. And we've seen quarterbacks in the past that were projected first round picks dropped to the second and third round. So it's definitely a chance that he or maybe anyone else on this um, projection um, drop as well. But... uh, I just think there's a fine, fine line between him and those Tier 2 quarterbacks. And I must say, even though I mentioned that he plays in North Dakota State, I have to say that Carson Wentz did play at North Dakota State as well. And it was between Wentz and Goff when they were coming out of college for the number one, number two pick. So maybe North Dakota State is low-key good at uh, producing quarterbacks. Not that Carson Wentz is... Any by means, this great quarterback. He's shown flashes of it. MVP type caliber player at one time. That's a conversation for another day that we can indulge in another time. However, back to my proposed question, my topic at hand here. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Zach Wilson. Now, you might be asking me, hey, Murph, how does this have anything to do with the Patriots? I thought this was a Boston sports uh Sports talk, it does. It does involve the Patriots because the Patriots need a quarterback. I think that's pretty obvious. We've seen uh, what Cam Newton can do, and there was a lot of hype behind him, which obviously did not work. And the Patriots really need a quarterback, especially if Jared Stidham's not the guy. And I personally feel like that Stidham's not the guy. I wanted him to be the guy, but... When the Patriots were just sucking and losing and just really struggling to stay in games, Belichick never went to Stidham. He kept Newton in for a long, long time. I mean, Brian Hoyer even started that Week 4 game at Kansas City. 
where Newton was out due to COVID. And when the Patriots got officially eliminated from the playoffs, Newton was starting in Week 16 and in Week 17, when I think that's the time to see if Stidham is the guy. Give him those two full games, those eight quarters, to see if he's the guy. I don't think he's the guy. I mean, he just didn't get enough looks during the season, whether it was against that Chargers game when you were up 45 to nothing. Um, he did get some playing time there, but I, mean, I feel like he should have been playing earlier. And uh, the blowout games that the Patriots were on the wrong side of, he didn't get um, many reps there. I just don't feel like he's it. And if we look back at last draft, the Patriots didn't take a quarterback, and they easily could. And you're going to hear me time and time again talk about Jordan Love, and I think he's the next guy. Unfortunately, he's behind Aaron Rodgers. That's also a topic for another day. But if the Patriots thought that Stidham was the guy, then they wouldn't have drafted a quarterback at that time, and they didn't. So they must have thought Stidham was the guy. What has changed? What has changed? Why isn't Stidham the guy anymore? So that brings me to my proposed question is... Who should the Patriots draft at 15? And I think they should draft a quarterback, me personally. Um, If I was the GM, if I was Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots, I would go quarterback. Now, which one? Well, we got to kind of figure out after Trevor Lawrence, who's the guy? And we have Zach Wilson, excellent, excellent quarterback from BYU. He has that kind of swagger. In that like carefree, rah rah kind of attitude that you love to see in a quarterback. He reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield uh, a couple years ago when he was coming out of the draft. And we can kind of see that Baker Mayfield starting to turn into that number one quarterback that he was taken at. He's leading the Browns um, to playoff victories. And they have a tough matchup against the Chiefs. But... He's doing some good things right now. He's, you know, he was struggling early on, but he's balling right now. And I see a little bit of that in Zach Wilson. Moving to um, Kyle Trask out of Florida. I'm not big on Kyle Trask. I never was. I mean, I know he was in the Heisman finalist, but is he really going to be that top guy? Is he really going to be the face of a franchise? Now, he absolutely could be. I mean, the stats definitely don't lie. He's a good good quarterback but did you see him in that game against Oklahoma I mean it was ugly it was really really ugly and the game before against Alabama he was really good he was really really good and he's had a really uh, he has a really great year I'm not going to take that away from the guy I mean, he plays in the SEC. What more can you want from him? But I just don't see that it factor. And in a league that's driven around quarterbacks, if you don't have a quarterback, your team sucks. Look at all the bottom feeder teams. They don't have a quarterback. They suck. Look at all the top teams. They have a quarterback. They're good. It's that simple. It's that elementary. It's unbelievable. I mean... I've definitely been wrong before with my predictions in draft picks. I'm not going to lie. I thought I thought Darren McFadden was going to be an insanely good running back. He wasn't. And I I hope I'm wrong. I trust me. Whenever I give a negative prediction or a negative take on a player or even a team, I hope I'm wrong. 
except when I'm talking about New York teams. But I, I don't know. I mean, he's thrown for over 300 yards and over 400 yards multiple times. I, I just, when you look at the eye test, if you just take the stats out and look at for what the games he's played, does he look like he's that guy? Maybe. And that's the best I'm going to give him. I say he's going to go late in the first round. Maybe early second round. Who knows? If he's there for the on the board for the Patriots, should they take him? Me personally, I wouldn't. I would hope for someone else. But if he's the only quarterback left out of this group that's on the board, then you kind of have to take him. Moving over to Mac Jones. Mac Jones has really, really grown on me. And I kind of thought he was a product of Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. And could you still make that argument? Sure. Yeah. Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. I mean, absolute stud. <laughs> I mean, if Trevor Lawrence wasn't in this draft, you can make an argument for Devontae Smith going number one overall. A wide receiver going number one. And Jalen Waddle is just that guy, too, at wide receiver. I mean, if it wasn't for Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle's probably putting up comparable numbers. Very comparable numbers. So that just leads to the fact, is Mac Jones a product of having stud receivers around him could he be a stud quarterback himself now you have to consider the fact that he plays for Alabama and Alabama is not known for producing good quarterbacks but he's different this Mac Jones guy is different this kid can ball and boy, was I wrong about him early in the season. I just thought he wasn't it. He was putting up these big, flashy, big numbers. He doesn't run. He just passes, which nowadays it feels like every quarterback runs. I mean, Tua, Lamar, Josh Allen, Mahomes can even run a little bit. I mean, look at Brady. He's 43 years old, and he can scramble a little bit nowadays. And Mac Jones doesn't really move that well, but he'll escape the pocket if he needs to. He'll get a couple yards just so it's not a negative play. And that's all he can do in terms of running the ball. Which makes me believe that he's a true quarterback. And that's me personally, my style of quarterback that I want. I don't want it to be play-action quarterback runs all the time. I want someone who's going to sit in the pocket and throw the ball to your weapons. And trust me, he threw the ball to his weapons. I mean, I was probably having similar thoughts about Mac Jones as I do with Kyle Trask. Nice player, great season, back-end first-round pick. Maybe, maybe even high-end second round. But the way he was playing in the um, the semifinal game against Notre Dame and then how he played in the championship game against Ohio State, it was beautiful. Dissection of defenses is immaculate absolutely unreal his um completion percentage is through the roof let me tell you i want to read you his last five completion percentages for his last five games i'm going to start with lsu on december 5th 71.4 arkansas december 12th 82.8 december 19th at florida 
76.7. Notre Dame on New Year's Day, 83.3. In the championship game on January 11th versus Ohio State, 80%. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. So I, I think that Mac Jones has that it factor. Now, will he... Will those performances make him go in the top 10? Sure, absolutely. Could teams think that he's a product of Alabama and a product of having a great receiving core around him? Absolutely. There's no way to, uh, no two ways about it that that's a possibility. But from what we've seen in his performance, I think there's no uh, reason to think that he doesn't translate to the NFL because he's your typical passing quarterback that you saw 10 years ago. Take the ball, drop back, stay in the pocket, pass the ball. Go to your check downs when there's nothing open downfield. Move up in the pocket, scramble for a couple yards so it's not a negative play. He does all the little things that you expect from a quarterback very, very well. And that is something that I personally love to see in a young quarterback. Now, I was just talking about the whole staying in the pocket, throwing the ball traditional style quarterback well Justin Fields has shown that before but is he that guy that just like I said stays in the pocket and throws the ball at times yeah not all the times not all the times but he's a stud himself and ever since he was a junior senior in high school he's been getting comps to Trevor Lawrence and to a degree he still does even though he is a step back but in high school and freshman, sophomore years of college, him and Trevor Lawrence were like 1A and 1B for when they got to the draft, who would go number one? And it was always, always a toss-up. I just think this year from Trevor Lawrence really, really separated himself and kind of put Justin Fields back in that Tier 2 class. So here's what I like about Justin Fields. He's a gambler. He takes chances. He throws the ball downfield. He's not, He's not afraid to get a ball batted by the defense. He's not afraid to throw in completions. He'll take shots downfield, 20, 30 yards downfield. And he has the cannon to do so. I really think that Justin Fields can be that guy. And I understand a lot of the criticism he gets, how that he really took a huge step back towards the end of the season, not finishing the season strong. Granted, they didn't play a full regular season, which is no fault of his own. And, you know, could it have been a fluky game against Clemson in comparison to the rest of his season? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that performance, though, at Clemson in the semifinals games was nuts. That performance was so, so nutty. And, I mean, wow. He torched them so bad. Clemson defense had no answer. Absolutely no answer for the guy. Or for the um, Ohio State offense, let you know. But just looking at the regular, the rest of the season, the rest of his statistics, I mean, is he that top flight Trevor Lawrence-esque comparable quarterback? And I'm going to say no. Now, should he be the second drafted quarterback? Yeah, you can pick apart some really, really nice things. Um, he throws the ball downfield. He's not afraid to pass the ball. Could those be cons? Absolutely. 
but he knows how to work the defense. He knows how to check his reads. He can run. He's a playmaker. But if you need him to sit back in the pocket for three seconds and throw the ball, he will. He's not going to make dumb plays. He's going to try to scramble and get at least one, two, three yards so it's not a negative play. That makes third down freaking miserable, right? So he does a lot of the good things very, very well. But can he perform in crunch time when the ball's on the line, when he has it at his own 25 with two minutes and one timeout, can he do it? I don't know. I don't know. And I really think that who is the second best quarterback in this group, in the group of quarterbacks? Trevor Lawrence being number one, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, or Zach Wilson. There's a lot to talk about here between the quarterbacks. Uh, Me, personally, if I'm picking, say I'm the Jets, and I'm picking at number two, or you can, you know, say the Jets don't even take a, a quarterback. Say, I don't know, who needs a quarterback? The Falcons might, the Bengals don't. Eagles don't say the Lions at seven want to take a quarterback and no other quarterback's been taken yet just for kicks right who would I take Justin Fields Mac Jones Kyle Trask or Zach Wilson who is the second quarterback being taken off the board wherever he goes I don't know it's I, I really it depends on what kind of quarterback you want do you want a a swaggy playmaker who can hype it up and rev it up and put up some big numbers? Do you want a quarterback that can put up big numbers but may struggle when it matters? But who knows how to play? Who knows how to play very, very good football? Do you want a quarterback that's just going to sit in the pocket and throw and dissect the defense who's not very mobile? Or do you want someone that is mobile who knows how to throw the ball but it has had questionable big games. That's a tough, tough decision to make for any GM who's picking the second quarterback, whether it's the Jets or the Falcons or the Lions, the Panthers or whoever. And I know I left Trey Lance off the board, and it's, I, I just don't, I just don't see that it factor. There's not that big of a sample size yet on him. I would love to throw him into this talk, uh, conversation. But I just don't see it yet in him. And could I be wrong? Could he be the number two guy off the board? Absolutely. I mean, there's no way around that he could be easily in this discussion. But from what I was able to see this year from the quarterback's performance in Fields, Jones, Trask, and Wilson, you know, gun to my head, I think I'm going to say Justin Fields. I just think he he has that it as well. He's been able to perform. He's had struggles, but he's a gunslinger, a playmaker, and someone that can dissect a defense as well. That's just me personally. Obviously, depending on my team scheme and who we have at wide receiver, running back, or how our line is. But I think I would take Justin Fields as my number two overall quarterback. And no way is that a right answer. I mean, they're all right answers. I mean, you can make the case for Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, and or Zach Wilson. So I'm not going to try to sit here and tell you that Justin Fields is the guy. Because I don't really know. Could he be the guy? Absolutely. Could Jones, Trask, or Wilson be the guy at number two? Or the number two quarterback? Absolutely. 
But I also want to segue into my second topic, which is the Patriots' 15th overall pick in the first round. This is something that I mentioned to earlier. And this was one of the topics that I just pulled out. And it's actually kind of funny that I mentioned it earlier, which is which is kind of weird. I kind of hope these to- this topic game kind of you know flows like that and just kind of works itself out. And I mentioned earlier that the Patriots should take a quarterback at 15. Now, any of these quarterbacks can drop to 15. Also, they all could be gone by 15. So it's like, a, what do you do? Do you, do you want the Patriots to move up? Do you want them to stay where they are? Now, they moved back last year. I was freaking heated beyond belief. And I just I have a really funny story about Jordan Love, which I will go to later on because I think the Patriots should trade for him. And I think the Packers should trade him. But I'm going to talk about that later on if I pull that topic out. But what should the Patriots do at 15? Now, I'm going to assume that... A lot of good players are gone, obviously, right? I'm going to assume Smith is gone. I'm going to assume Parsons is gone. I'm going to assume... I'm going to assume that Sewell is gone as well. I mean, he's just a stud. And I mean a stud left tackle. And any team would love to have a guy like him on their O-line protecting their quarterback. He's that guy. He reminds me of a Joe Thomas. No one's getting to my quarterback. He reminds me of a Matt Light. That's my guy. I'm protecting my guy. I mean, he just blocks. He makes lanes. He protects the quarterback. He makes defenders look like they're freaking high schoolers. I mean, has he played against a J.J. Watt? Has he played against a T.J. Watt? T.J. Watt, Miles Garage, Davian Clowney? Not yet. He soon will. And he'll be tested, and we'll see if that statement of mine stays up to, you know, stay up to its standard. But Patriots at 15, who do I want them to take? I want them to take a quarterback. If a quarterback is not available, then I want them to take a wide receiver. And wide receiver of choice at that point would be Jalen Waddle. I can see him being on the board. He was injured this year, but he's still a stud in of its own. Could he be gone? Absolutely. But I think a quarterback or wide receiver is what the Patriots need to take. They have a really solid O-line. They have a pretty okay defense that was kind of dinged up this year, you know, due to COVID, missing Hightower, Chung. But they got exposed. And, you know, Stephon Gilmore got shut down too because of an injury. Maybe if the boys come back, they might have something cooking with that defense. Therefore, you just got to focus on the offense because you can't win without putting up points on the board. Whether it's from your offense or defense. I mean, I know last year the Patriots' defense did a lot of the work. You know, and this year, neither of them did any of the work. So let's be honest. So the Patriots, I think, really need offense. And they need a quarterback. So going back to the last topic, it's so cool how it actually intertwines together. Who would I want the Patriots to take between Fields, Jones, Trask, and Wilson? Now... Could all four of those quarterbacks be on the board come 15? Absolutely. Could none of those quarterbacks be on the board come 15? Absolutely. And I'm going to put them in order based off of who I think the Patriots should take. And just looking at it, 
I think the Patriots would take Mac Jones just because he's that pocket quarterback, Brady-esque, and I'm not going to cry here sitting by how I miss Brady, how he should never have left, although I do feel like that. But he has a lot of similar you know, attributes to Tom Brady or the style of Tom Brady's quarterback play that I really think fits the Patriots' offense. I just think the way that the offense this year tried to mold around Cam Newton was good at times, but it was just so predictable. I mean, Newton was doing quarterback runs like 10 times a game. It just got so predictable. And if you have a quarterback like Mac Jones, who really fits this scheme, or the old scheme of what the Patriots had for 20 years, that's a good fit for him. It really is. So, like I said, I think Fields is the second guy. You can make a case for all of them. I think, personally, the Patriots should take Mac Jones if he's available. If not, then I think they should go Wilson, Fields, then Trask. So, overall, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, if they're available in that order. Um, If none of them are, Trey Lance. I mean, if Jalen Waddle's not there, I know Devontae Smith won't be there. Jamar Chase won't be there. I mean, Jamar Chase didn't play this year because of COVID, so maybe he might fall. Crazy things happen in the draft, and if he falls, you better scoop him. You better take him. But Murph, what if, you know, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith are on the board? Who do you take? Uh, It all starts with the quarterback. I'm sorry. I mean, Devontae Smith is probably the better player. But what does the team need long-term? And I just think that's a quarterback. And I'm going to hold my guns up high for that, being a quarterback. So, first two topics were Patriots-related. I'm going to go digging in for the next topic here. And if it's football-related, then this is just, you know, the first episode is all about football. The third topic... Ooh, the Red Sox 2021 season outlook. Okay. So, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I don't know where to start with this. They sucked last year. Let's just be honest. They sucked last year. And I mean, did they do anything to get better? Nope. Did they improve the pitching staff? Nope. Did you? Did they bring another bat into the lineup? Nope. So, I mean, what did the Red Sox do? Nothing. And my season, my Red Sox 2021 season outlook is not good. But I can't just sit here and tell you that and then just wrap up the episode. I won't do that. So, the Red Sox sucked last year. Yes, a lot of their players really regressed from 2019. I mean, J.D. Martinez, for instance biggest uh, culprit from that granted it was only 60 games it was two months could he have turned it around you know in a regular 162 could he have turned it around come the start of June and then really heat up in the summertime absolutely could the pitching staff have done the same thing and got hot absolutely that's unlikely to happen with the guys that they were trotting out there to start their games forget about it now The bullpen also very much sucked last year, and 
there are guys available for the pay uh, the Patriots. My goodness, for the Red Sox to take, and they took nobody. They haven't signed nothing. Now I know that they're up against a salary cap of a salary cap. Oh my God, I'm talking. I'm thinking football. Ooh, baseball, 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 baseball. Okay, they're up against the. They're got they're the they're up against the salary tax threshold, and I know they can only spend so much money. I know. They don't want to pay the luxury tax. I know. But you got a little bit of wiggle room. You got to put a team on the field that's competitive. I know you don't have a minor league and you're trying to rebuild that. So you can't trade for, you know, you can't trade four top 30 prospects for some stud or like, you know, Hugh Darvish or like a Blake Snell like the Padres just got. So what do you do? Do you just punt on this season again and hope for the best? Do you just kind of hope for the best in 2022? Do you kind of just play it out and hope for the best and that all your players kind of rebound and recoup and kind of make make it a season? I think that's their mindset, to be honest, and kind of hope that they're in it by the deadline, make a small, minor Andrew Kashner move. Ugh. But I think that's their mentality, and that's what they're thinking of doing. I mean, Alex Cora is back, which is good, and people are saying that Alex Cora is a saving grace. Could he be? They won the World Series with the best record in 2018, but people forget that the Red Sox took a huge, huge step back in 2019, and they weren't that good. I mean, they were good, but I mean, they really weren't that team that you expected them to be after winning a World Series. Now, I do want to try to instill a little bit of optimism, just a little bit, so we have something to look forward to come next year. Uh, Red Sox did bring in Hunter Renfro, a right-handed hitting outfielder, which is kind of someone who they needed. I'm not going to lie. Um, could they have done better? Sure. Absolutely. But is Hunter Renfro going to save us? Probably not, but he's definitely a good player to have. I mean, I'm definitely happy to have you know, a right-handed bat on the bench. It's definitely better than throwing you know, no one you've never heard of out there before. Red Sox also signed Matt Andreezy, so they're making subtle, small moves within their financial restrictions to make the best out of 2021, and at this point, this is all we can really ask them to do. I mean, wait for their young guys to develop, Bobby Dahlbeck, Rafi Devers keep going, Michael Chavis hopefully can take that next step, but he's kind of in a a lost world right now. You know, in terms of his position, like, is he a second baseman, a first baseman, a left fielder? I mean, he's supposed to be a third baseman, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what are they doing with him? Keep him at second. Keep him at first. Why is he in left field? I mean, is he just out there just to get playing time because he has nowhere else to go? I, I hate that idea, and that's how you ruin players. That's what they did with um, Blakey Sweetheart. Yeah, Blake Swihart. They, um, they ruined him by making him a catcher and putting him in the outfield. Now, he, he's an athlete. He can play, absolutely. But, I mean, that's not what you do with the guy just to get them at-bats and playing time. You put them where they're comfortable. You work on some subtle things in the background, and you get them to play. And, obviously, these players are looking to do anything just to get on the field and into the batter's box. But it's just like taking a player who's not used to that position or who hasn't played that position probably since Little League and throwing them out there after a week or two of working on it during BP in practice doesn't bode too well. It really doesn't. I mean, 
Hanley moving from uh, the infield to the outfield didn't work. Blake Swihart from catcher to the left field didn't work. And now Michael Chavis from the infield to left field. It's not like Fenway's has an easy left field to play. It has the green monster, so it's very, very difficult. And you can't really put him in right field because right field is massive. Right field has its own, you know, challenges and, you know, dinks and doinks of of its own. So it's like, where do you put him? You can't put him in center because that has its own little corners and crevices. And it's got the, you know, the big alley out there in center field. So it's like, what do you do with this guy that deserves at-bats, wants at-bats, needs at-bats? But you have no at-bats to give. I mean, what, we're going to put Michael Chavis behind the plate next? I mean, might as well, right? That's what we're doing with, you know, putting players in positions that they don't play. Now, could they want to play it? Sure. But, like, from a fan's perspective, that's not what we're looking for. Like, we're looking for good players to play good. And Michael Chavis didn't, you know lose us any games in left field. I mean, he didn't win us any games either. But I just I I don't see him as a left fielder. I really don't. I see him as an infielder. I was hesitant on him at playing second base. But second base is starting to turn into a position that's almost like a second first baseman almost. I mean you got some big guys who know how to field the ground ball and who are athletes playing second base nowadays instead of like a another shortstop almost. So it's the transition of a second baseman is definitely something to keep an eye on as we you know get further and further down the road, 2021, 2, 3, and so on, because that position is developing and changing, I think, for the better. I mean, that, that itself is a topic for another day, but I, I like Michael Chavis at second base. I think he's a really good second baseman. He's an athlete. He can spin it. He's got a cannon. He's got a good glove. And he, you know, it took him some time to get used to it. Like I said, he was a third baseman first, now second. So he, you know, has his little, you know, wrinkles there. But I think he fits at second base. I really do. And to see them kind of ruin him with left field, I just don't think it's the way to go. In addition to all of that, I think the Red Sox do have a really, really good chance to compete in the AL East. The Rays just traded their best pitcher in Blake Snell to the Padres for a boatload of prospects but they're taking a big step back this year the Yankees are still really really good they're getting a year older um, in terms of age but in ex- uh, in and experience as well so that's a team to keep an eye out the Toronto Blue Jays they're still young they're hungry they were flirting with the um, a wild card a little bit so they're getting better the Orioles out of all teams were flirting with a wild card spot so, to know that the Rays, the Yankees, the Blue Jays were all wildcard teams last year with the Orioles right behind them, that's tough. That's tough. And the Red Sox are, ugh, I don't know how to describe it in terms of having four teams be competitive and you're that fifth team that's not. It's going to be very challenging. Now, could they still compete for a wildcard or maybe even the division? I'm going to be hopeful and optimistic and say yes. Could they? I don't know. I don't want to sit here and be negative Nancy, but I, I just don't see it right now, especially with the pitching staff that they don't have. Chris Sale hopefully can come back from Tommy John 
you know, sooner and healthy, but is he going to be himself when he comes back? It takes a while for a pitcher to come back from Tommy John for them to be themselves. So 2022 Chris Sales might be something that we have to look forward to. Eduardo Rodriguez, I mean, you know, who knows, you know, if he's going to be even be able to pitch again, let alone pitch in 2021. Uh, Nathan Ivaldi was pretty much our only starter last year, and he had his ups and downs and his shaky starts, but he also had his good starts, so we got to look forward to that. Who? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The Red Sox pitching rotation and pitching staff in general is just really, really not good. I mean, it's just that simple. I don't know how else to phrase it. I want to try to be optimistic, but... It's just really hard, and like, just their performance last year and their lack of effort and care for the season. It's just so so questionable, and that they it was an obvious punt on the season. And hopefully this year they come back motivated better than ever, especially with Cora back. So hopefully we can see them really kind of take off and to be that team that we saw them in eighteen and even into nineteen as well. So that's my view on the Red Sox. 2021 season and just you know a, a quick brief spurt you know we covered uh, a lot of good stuff in this first episode and I'm really excited that this first episode is out for you for you all to listen to I'm super excited I hope you enjoyed this first episode that we talked about the quarterbacks in the draft the Patriots at 15 and even the Red Sox here in the last 10 or so minutes because there's a lot of good stuff. And, you know, I know the Patriots and the Red Sox in particular had a really bad season, their previous season. But there's a lot to look forward to because these are teams that know how to be good, want to be good, and thrive to be good. And they're not going to take this losing nonsense lightly. So hopefully come their next season, they're going to bounce back and be that top dog team that we know, love, and want them to be. So... I just really want to thank you for joining me for this first episode. Um, it's just been super exciting to just sit here and talk to you guys. Hopefully you were able to enjoy this content in this first episode. Definitely expect episode two to come out soon. But until then, I will see you in the next one. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.